released from assignment and duty and on the date following placed on the retirement list. The people of the United States express their thanks and gratitude for your faithful service. Your contributions to the defense of the United States of America are greatly appreciated. Lieutenant Colonel Scott P. Noss, a plans and operations officer with 1st Space Brigade, retired last month with 36 years of combined enlisted slash commissioned service in both the Navy and Army. He delivered a heartwarming speech at his retirement ceremony at Peterson Air Force Base that encapsulated his career and what meant most to him during his service. Colonel Eric D. Little introduced him at his retirement ceremony. Because I have known uh, Scott for a few years now. Uh, and, and I can tell you from the heart, he's a guy that I respect and he's a guy that I admire. And, and before we recap, what, what I will tell you and you will see is a, is a truly remarkable career. It was a career that took him far and wide across the globe, beneath its seas and into its skies, literally. From submarines to aviation to space, NASA's constant drive for adventure and travel gave him a career many would end. So I joined the, I joined the, the Navy um, like Colonel Wills said when uh, Jimmy Carter was president. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and the political fabric of America. Gas was below 75 cents a gallon. Interest rates were, I think, 12 to 14 percent. Um, grew up in a small town in Medina. Had a, I, I want to thank my mom and dad who are currently deceased. Stay, stay deceased too. <laughs> but I, I want to thank them for just giving me a stable environment. Uh, you know, when you have that security, you can go out and take chances. And January 13th of 1979, I entered the delayed entry program into the Navy and started my adult career. I uh, went to boot camp in September. Um, and after graduating from basic training, he became a machinist mate. So a machinist mate is affectionately called a snipe, and that's kind of their uh, endearing term. There's the snipes. Uh, uh, there's a number of MOSs that fall under that category: machinist mate, boiler techs. Uh, what we do, what they did, is um, work on the propulsion equipment for either submarines or surface ships. So all the boilers, all the piping, almost all Navy ships run on the steam plant whether it's nuclear or conventional power. So machinists may kind of run from the generation point to the propellers. So all the trip and drain, all the uh, supply, steam supply, all that stuff uh, taken care of by machinists mates. By the time it was time to go to a ship, I was selected for a boost, broad opportunity for officer selection and training. So what that program is, is it's really designed to help strengthen your kind of core math skills, science skills, English. So it's it kind of a college prep course. And so I was selected to that and ended up going out in uh, San Diego. NOS then subsequently received a Reserve Officer Training Corps, ROTC for short, scholarship at Miami University in Ohio, and was on track to graduate as an ensign, but got into some trouble his senior year. I, I kind of realized the mistakes I'd made and said, you know, I wanted to start making sure I do everything I could to try to make myself at least marketable for officer again at some point. So submarines were kind of the creme de la creme of the uh, Navy at the time. So I chose uh, sonar tech on submarines. Uh -oh. 
fortunately was selected and uh, went through Stone Art School in San Diego. And then I went through um, advanced school, C-School, what they call C-School in the Navy, up in uh, Bangor, Washington. I got assigned to the USS Ohio SSBN 726. And once I completed my C-School, was assigned to them. Um, they run what they call Blue and Gold Crew. And so I got assigned to, I believe it was a Gold Crew. And within three months of joining the ship, we uh, did a SSBN patrol and we kind of spent 90 days underwater, and I kept, kept us from bumping into things. Right before his scheduled second tour at sea, Noss was selected for Officer Candidate School and shipped off to Pensacola, Florida to pursue his dream of commissioning as an ensign, which would happen in January of 1988. I uh, uh, went through basic flight school as a naval flight officer, so got kind of a backseater, navigator type thing. If you ever saw Top Gun, I was. I was in the pipeline to be Goose at some point. No, 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 there's two O's in Goose, boys. And then uh, I selected P3s, which is anti-submarine warfare, and then went through uh, Naval Flight Officer School, and then P3, what they call the P3 RAG, Replacement Air Group. So that's where we learned platform-specific techniques for fl uh, flying in a P3. NASA's naval career was exciting and rewarding. Some of the highlights include... I think flying P-3s, the flying in P-3s is the kind of unique opportunity. In, well, I was stationed in Hawaii for, for, for my first tour as an officer, and out at Barking Sands, Hawaii, they have a, a, a torpedo test range, so you actually get to drop a torpedo on a sled, which is pretty cool. And as a uh, mission commander for a, for a P3, it's actually pretty pretty cool stuff to, to be able to do that. My one tour, I was stationed on the USS Kitty Hawk for a couple of years and being able to, you know, you see Top Gun, the shooters, but I didn't do that. I did Officer the Dick, which is you're in charge of driving the ship. And it was a pretty awesome event when you're, you know, up there on the bridge, directing the, the ship where to go, watching flight operations, watching the jets take off. Um, and then refueling, either refueling or replenishing. You know, you've got a uh, supply ship within you know, 200 yards of you and you're, you're just cruising along and you, you're bringing over stores and fuel and all sorts of stuff. And it's pretty, can be pretty harrowing if the seas are a little rough. It can be pretty exciting to do those things. So a lot, of, a lot of good port calls, Hong Kong, Diego Garcia, Japan, a number of places in Japan. And then I was stationed in Iceland for a year and a half as a uh, kind of a staff officer at an anti-submarine warfare operations center. Got to do a lot of exercises with uh, our NATO partners in, in Europe. Norway was a big one, the, the French, and then uh, the English anti-submarine warfare teams. After being passed up for Lieutenant Commander, 04, Nas got out of the Navy and went into construction. But most importantly, he... Lived life and uh, went, uh, I think one of the highlights was when I was, just before I got out of, the, out of the Navy, I gave my life to Christ, uh, became a Christian. And during that time out of the, na out of the Navy, uh, was involved in two church plants in Wisconsin. So that was that was exciting. Help a couple churches get, get up online and, and they are still successful 
uh, as of today. So that was pretty exciting. Unsatisfied with civilian life, though, Nas decided he wanted to get back in the military. And this time around, he went Army. I think, I, obviously, 9-11 uh, happened just after I got out of the out of the military, so it was kind of a, a wake-up call. Once I had gotten out of the Navy, that door kind of closed. I had 14 and a half years worth of active duty, so I, I just still wanted to try to finish up my, my uh, 20 years, either reserve side of the house or active duty. The, you know, the, the, the Army has a program called a direct deployment program, which for a number of years, I had no clue, but a friend of mine, Dan Zimmerman, who who, who was a, uh, a senior major, just and got just got selected for lieutenant colonel, was a an ROTC instructor at Ripon College, and he told me about the uh, direct deployment program with the Army back in 2005, and so I was like, well, well, I might as well try to support the war effort and you know try to help myself finish up my career, put a package in and. About six to nine months later, July 4th of 2006, I was pinned on captain as a United States Army Reservist with uh, UW Oshkosh uh, ROTC unit. And it was just, it was an amazing event because I never thought I'd uh, be in the Army coming in. I, I branched as an engineer, which really fit with what my civilian career was doing. So it was kind of a good fit and it was a wonderful opportunity to be able to uh, start off my career that way. So. Um, that's kind of how I got back into the Army. Within nine months of joining the Army Reserves, he deployed to Iraq and found himself at a detainee facility near the Kuwait border. We were kind of there at the height of the detainee. We had 25,000 detainees at Camp Luka. That was a little nerve-wracking at some point. And then it was kind of fun. We did some construction out from the camp, and it was just interesting to see the different the different cultures, you know, we coordinated some, some purchases of tile and things like that. And just, you know, just experiencing that within the context of being an Army officer and understanding that while it's a dangerous mission, it's also kind of an exciting mission in the sense that you're, you're dealing with a, a different culture and trying to build that trust and being able to interact with them on a professional level where, they, where they're willing to help you and work with you. After a second deployment, this time to Afghanistan, Nas returned home and found out about Army Space by way of the Army's Space Cadre Basic Course in 2017. He then took an active guard reserve position with 1st Space Brigade and was there for four years until his retirement. He credits his time in Army space as a great way to round out his career while learning about the facets of the complicated world of satellite communication, missile defense, and war. I think the biggest thing I've, I've gotten out of being with, the, with SMDC is just how much, how much not only the Army, but the entire military uses space products and how important it is that we kind of treat the uh, Space domain as a warfare domain because without without the assets that we have in space and being able to access those 24/7, we are kind of in a hurt locker if we don't keep those those lines of communication open and being able to utilize all the uh, assets that we have available to us. I love I love the, the technical aspects of it. Fortunately, I was able to go through a lot of the classes and just. Space is cool. I mean, you just, it's, it's really cool to learn about how things work in space and, and kind of the, the inherent difficulties of putting up 
satellites, putting, you know, utilizing the payloads that are associated with those satellites and understanding how all the different mission areas can utilize the space products that, that are available to them. I think the biggest, the biggest hurdle is letting people know what there is available to them as they go out into their uh, area of operation. Because I think a lot of non-space individuals don't know that there are a lot of space products available to them. When asked what the parallels were between his time in the Navy versus his time in the Army and civilian life in between, Nas had this to say. I think my Navy days were much more social-oriented than professionally-oriented. I was a you know, young junior officer and kind of carefree and you know, junior, junior Navy flight officer, which is dangerous combination of terms in and of itself. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. And then, you know, I think taking a step back as a civilian between between the Navy and the Army, realizing that the, the military culture is just one that is just, you miss it. When you're out of it, you, you really kind of miss it. The Army, seeing how as, as staff officers, how you support the commanding officer to get a mission complete. And just the, the team aspect of the Army is invaluable in trying to get things done, that you're, that you're willing to put away your own pride in order to get best for, for the team and for the, uh, for the mission. So, I mean, professionally-wise, the Army was much more beneficial to me than the Navy. Cool. Cool. But, it, you know, obviously I learned something in each of them, but, and I wouldn't trade the experiences for anything. Nasa's final words in his retirement ceremony speech emphasized the need to foster relationships with those close to you. My only recommendation as I, as I say farewell is that cultivate the relationships, don't take it for granted, and just love on each other. It's just a, it's a wonderful thing. So, thank you.